Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of WMSE's Local Live. It's 6 o'clock, it's Tuesday, and it's the first Tuesday of the month, which means we are live with an audience at Club Garibaldi. Listen to the crowd roar. And tonight's guest, we have Be Free, who just released her new album, Ode to a Love Affair, on October 1st at Company Brewing. And uh, she's got her backing band tonight with her foreign goods. Do you guys want to go around and say your names and what you all play? Hmm, I guess I'll start with myself. I'm Be Free. Uh, I am a singer, songwriter, producer, musician, and I play flutes and pianos. Sam, oh. ah. I'm Sam Gerke, I play bass. We're all going one by one here. I'm Quentin Farr, I play keyboards. Give it up for Quentin. Randy Conberg, I play guitar. All right, thanks, Randy. I'm Tim Russell, I play drums and cymbals. Woo. Tim Russell on drums and cymbals. And Jay on saxophone. All right, all right. Cool, cool. <laughs> so I think we'll get started with, uh, with a song. Does that sound good to you guys? Yeah. Does that good. sound good to the audience? They, they seem in agreement. All right. Here she is, Be Free, on WMSC's Local Live. Good evening again, everybody. It's so lovely to have you all here with me. And good evening to anybody listening on the airwaves of 91.7. My name is Be Free, and we are Foreign Goods. We're going to do a little song. It's from my current release called Old to a Love Affair. Which you can find on any digital platform. By the phone. It kind of kicks off the mood of the whole album, signifying the trials and tribulations of love. Please call my phone. Been sitting and waiting so patiently. Thank you. 
It is Be Free on WMSC's Local Live, and uh, we are down at Club Garibaldi, and we want to remind uh, our audience members out there, those note cards on your table, if you'd like to uh, ask some questions of Miss Brittany, uh, feel free to write them on those cards, bring them up to us, help us out. Uh, we've actually got some questions of our own, of course. Try to be prepared. Yes. <laughs> Uh, some of you in the audience may know this. Uh, you recently got married. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you already said my, my first legal name. I was like, Brittany, who's Brittany? <laughs> <laughs> no, my name is Brittany Freeman Farr. I'm married to Quentin Farr. That's the guy standing in back of me on the piano. So. <laughs> yeah, all right. Look. <laughs> So we were kind of wondering, uh, did that, did uh, the marriage actually uh, affect your creative process at all? No. No, not at all. <laughs> Quentin and I have been together for a decade. So he's already been a huge, huge support system behind everything that I've been doing musically. He encourages any and all work that I do, even the bad stuff. He assumes every bad song is about him, but it's not. So no, he's very supportive. Uh, so I kind of what led to the marriage, like the fact that we both respect and understand what each other is passionate about, and we support that. So, yeah, it didn't interfere at all. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a wonderful thing. Um, I want to get to this audience question that just came hot off the presses, because um, it, it relates to um, your marriage and okay. all that, a little bit, a little bit. It, it's in regard to your name. So what is the inspiration for your name? I know the answer, but... For my name, Be Free? Be Free, yeah. Hmm. It's funny, because uh, normally people just take my initials and realize, oh, that's just your first and last name. It's not very creative. But uh, my jazz, my high school jazz teacher gave me that nickname. And I kind of thought it was symbolic, you know, because me singing and my artistry is all about me having some sort of escapism from my reality, you know? Like, we have this whole demeanor that we put on going to work, blah, blah, blah. But me having my music to myself and my gift is kind of like what I, I thrive for. So it's me being free from the world, yeah. in a sense. That's a <clears throat> lucky thing that your name right. goes yeah, lucky that that along with that. It's that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, so in Milwaukee, you're, you're most well-known for working with foreign goods. Mm -hmm. um, so how does it feel to step away from that a tiny bit and focus on your own solo stuff, even though you've been doing your solo stuff for quite some time? You must, you know, it seems like you were busy working with foreign goods, and then you kind of got a little extra time to focus on this new album. Well, um, the album itself came to place before I actually joined the band. So me, like, being a solo artist and stuff was something I was already kind of accustomed to. Um, if anything, it's, it's beneficial that I'm in the group now because I definitely have a stronger sense of a support system with everything that I'm doing. You know, they, they help, they're obviously here tonight, you know. <laughs> I definitely feel like I have a stronger grounding and, and a rooted musical community to kind of gain my, my help and support from with this album. So that's definitely helpful. So you, uh, from what we read, you, you, you fell ill in, uh, was it 2013? Mm -hmm. During like the process of making the, the new album. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what happened there and how that affected the process? Can I? <laughs> um, so I released my first solo album in 2012. It was called Open Mic, Open Heart. Uh, and it was just okay. I was like, yeah, I gotta hit the ground running. I did this, I'm gonna keep going. So I was writing songs 
not really thinking much of it. I took a job uh, teaching here in 2012 after grad school. So that winter, uh, November, October of 2013, all of a sudden, I came down with what I thought was just another string of bronchitis because I get sick very often, especially when you're teaching like young five-year-olds and five to 14. So I thought it was just that. Uh, next thing I know, I woke up one day and my voice was gone. So I'm like, oh man, now this is laryngitis. So I'm, I'm used to these you know, symptoms and thinking this is all just run-of-the-mill stuff. But the laryngitis turned into acetic burning when I coughed. And I'm like, oh, so every time I cough, it burns. And now I can't eat anything. I can't drink anything. So I literally was dying and I had 105 degree fever and had to go to the emergency room. And they didn't know what was wrong with me. And it wasn't until a couple of visits later that I discovered that I had pneumonia. So I'm like, oh, okay, that sucks. <laughs> but what's wrong with my throat? They couldn't understand what was happening to my throat. Nobody knew. It wasn't until I went to an ear, nose, and throat specialist that they put a scope in there, like that's a little actual like, throat camera. And they looked and they saw, yeah, you have her throat infection. It's called herpingina. I'm like, ew, what is that? You know, that's, that sounds gross, but I've never heard of that before. And they said, apparently, it's a pretty common strain of um, mouth illness, contracted illness that's passed only through children. I'm like, hmm, where have I been in contact with a lot of children for? Oh, great, my job, you know? So because of the fact that it went unnoticed for so long is probably why it had such a lasting effect because nobody knew what was wrong with me. So from the coughing, from the pneumonia, and the infection from the throat, all, every time I coughed, I was burning my, throat, my vocal cords. So I could not talk at all, like a single word but above a rasp for three months. And then eventually, under the care of Freighter's otolaryngology department, lots of speech therapy, they were like, yeah, you're really gonna have to get surgery because I couldn't sing still. Even though I worked my talking voice back up, I still wasn't able to sing. Um, <clears throat> the June of 2014, I had the surgery. They had to remove the scar tissue from my vocal cords because they had got singed from all the stuff that happened. Um, this was one of literally the most traumatic experiences of my life, only because of the fact that I had no idea if I was going to be able to sing again. That's one of the singer's biggest fears, is to have surgery and to lose your voice because you don't know whether or not it's going to come back. And this was the one thing that I, I based my identity on, was being able to sing and make music. So it was quite quite an ordeal. I was I would ask him, he was there, like I was literally bawling, breaking down every other day. Like I was this had no hope. And luckily by the grace of God and, and I just I'm here today. And it definitely put a halt in the recording process for sure. But in that sense, uh, because I had such a long time, because it was about 10, 9, 10 months total where I couldn't speak or sing at all. So I was wow. able to rewrite my album. I, I refocused the direction on it. Some of the songs are you know, obvious about the theme, but some of them are also kind of dually means as far as, there's a song about love, but it's also a song about struggle with my loss of not just love, but my gift. Because I was in a relationship with my gift, with my voice. So any songs on there that seem like they can be just about that, they're also pretty symbolic for me and what I was going through. So it's an ode to a love affair with my voice. Oh, that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. So did you go back to teaching right after that then too? Or were you like... Yeah, I had no choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did the whole rest of that semester. I, did, I couldn't talk. I, I walked around with a whiteboard. Which wow. is funny. I taught an entire concert without singing a single note to them. 
Yeah, I just put a bunch of YouTube vids up. Sing that, you know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it, I managed. I, I, plus, I used up a lot of my uh, PTO and stuff, going in and out of the doctor and stuff, and being out of commission. But uh, yeah, I'm making now. I'm, I have to talk whenever I talk for long periods of time at work. I have to use a microphone, so I have like a little headset. It's like a little Johnny Jackson microphone. And they're like, oh, yeah. it's pretty cool. But yeah, I'm managing. My voice is different. My voice is drastically different than it was before I got sick. Um, so I had to relearn how to sing. So yeah. what what specifically changed about your voice? Was it like less range? Or? Definitely less range. I used to be like a mezzo soprano. Now I'm like an alto land for sure. But it's fine. But uh, even just the way that it feels when I sing is it was new territory for me. So I had to get accustomed to that and know what where my new limits were and how to work around that mm -hmm. musically. It was it was quite a challenge, but. I'm still working my way through it. I'm, I'm have confidence that I'll I'll be getting, getting there soon. Good. <laughs> I would say a pretty amazing recovery, yeah. don't think you guys you. think? <laughs> <laughs> well, would you guys all be ready to test out the vocals and and you sure. know your instruments and play us one more song and sure. then we'll come back with some more questions? Sure. Uh, this next song is also from the album, which I did produce myself, by the way. And uh, <laughs> uh, this one is one of those songs that I was speaking of in which it kind of can be dual meanings behind it. It's a sense of struggle when you're realizing that the one thing that meant the most to you is not there anymore and you're left with this uncertainty in your life. So it's called The One You Love. Constantly, constantly fighting 
Tuned into WMSC's Local Live with Be Free, backed by Foreign Goods tonight. Thanks to our live studio audience, you're being awesome. Give yourselves a hand Woo! and the band a hand. So, Brittany, compared to your, your first release, uh, how did you approach this particular one in terms of instrumentation? Since you you grew up playing flute and piano, and you know those are your foundation sounds, did you do anything different since you know? you had a first-hand experience, you know, doing the production work and the recording and everything else involved. Yeah. Um, my first album, I think, was definitely incredibly 90s-inspired, which is cool, because I feel like that's my niche. Um, for this album, I not only wanted to continue that same format, but I also wanted to listen to more people who produce themselves. Uh, I definitely, definitely, on some songs, I was listening to a lot more Dwelle and Jay Dilla, and then as far as like the depth of my songwriting, I wanted to listen to people who've moved me incredibly. So I listened to a lot more Jill Scott and Music Soul Child, just so I can try to capture the same emotions that they evoked in me when listening to their music. So I would definitely credit those as being primary sources for the style of the writing and the production. Uh, as far as like melodic stylings, I, I, I don't really like to compare myself but I, I personally feel like I uh, relate a lot to Aaliyah and her voice. I have a very soft voice. I'm not really like a rah kind of singer. So um, I kind of listened to a little bit of her too, you know, her last album prior to her, her passing. Uh, so a lot of the melodic phrasings that I got were borrowed from that as well. So all of that kind of put together. I definitely think that this was a very much more well thought out album as far as the approach and the build, the genetic makeup of it and everything. You had a little more time to piece yeah, everything exactly. together. Yeah, exactly, right. So, uh, also you had a, you have a video for your song, No More, I think. Mm -hmm. Is that the only video so far from the album? Uh, it's the only one that's released. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. why I had all that downtime. <laughs> I definitely shot some videos, so. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, that was the one, that's the primary one that I'm pushing right now, uh, especially since we just wrapped up uh, October which was National Domestic Violence Awareness. Right. And I knew that it would uh, particularly resonate with folks during that time period. So yeah, that's the one I have out for now. And I think a lot of people tend to kind of shy away from a subject like that. Uh, have mm -hmm. you gotten a lot of responses from people like that have reached out, like thanking you or yeah. like, that, that they've uh, gained something from that? Yeah, aside from like the general support from like my family and friends, I have had a couple of instances um, post shows or just through private inboxes where people have told me that the song has really resonated with them based on personal experiences of them having a domestic situation where they felt trapped or they didn't feel as though they had enough strength and they were finally able to free themselves from that situation. And then hearing this was only like reaffirmation for them that they did the right thing. So that, that means a lot to me. It speaks volumes. I'm just happy that it can mean that to anybody. 
And actually, you directed that video as well, mm -hmm. correct? Was yeah, that, that was my first time directing a music yeah. video as well. So hit me up if you need some music videos directed, okay? <laughs> <But> <laughs> so what did you have, like, were there other directors that you took inspiration from or other videos that, that you had seen that uh, gave you ideas for that? Or, or yeah, it's funny process? because they, the videos are not similar in style, but they're definitely similar in mood. I looked at a lot of the song by Ashanti called Rain On Me, as the video that she did that was similar to the subject matter when she's pretty much, you know, ridding herself of a similar situation. So I was trying to look at a lot of the same ruffling troubles of going back and forth with her lover and the, the struggle and just having those moments of just complete being completely being over it. I, I can't carry the stuff over that. And I also looked at a lot of like 90s R&B type of videos for the vibe because I choreographed the little dances that we're doing, me and my backup, I did that too. So yeah, it was, it was fun, but it was also a, a new layer of depth that I added to the project. So and yeah, and my team that I work with out of Chicago, uh, Jessica Still Huggins and Javon Landry were still there with me shooting and producing and everything. So this was, we've, they've done all of my music videos thus far. So we just figured this was a good enough time as any to kind of just, you know, Brittany, you know what to do. You know what the write-up looks like. You know how to make a layout. Just do it yourself. So I'm like, okay, all right. And it worked out great, so. Definitely. All right, I think we should do um, one audience question because we don't want to neglect our audience questioners. Um, someone wants to know, uh, do you use music in the classroom to help children find their sense of free? Since you are be free. <laughs> um, one of the things that I pride myself on with being a musician as well as a music educator is I have the opportunity to act as a bridge to other layers of, of this world that they may not even know. And I really, really enjoy playing indie music in my classroom. Like I'll have like my iPod on or Pandora in the background and there'll be questions every now and then like, who is that or what is that playing? I, I love those moments because we get to have discussions about what they're hearing, what is it that sounds interesting to you, what, you know, what are the different layers? And I always have something that I can kind of cross over into what we're studying that particular week. Like what's the rhythm of this piece? What's the move, the tempo? Can you tell if it's a major or a minor key? Things like that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely been fun. It's weird because I don't like playing my music for them. <laughs> Because I'm extremely self-conscious still in that sense, but they found my music anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they ask yeah. you to do that, right? Will, mm -hmm. will you do that if they bug you enough? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, should we let you play another song? Sure. All right. Do you do you have how many more do you have for us? A few? Or um, I have this one here, and then okay. we have one more after that. All right. Well, so. yeah. Let, let's have another song, and we'll come back and chat some more. Okay. This one is actually the title track that we were speaking of with the video. Uh, it's entitled "No More," and it is pretty much a song talking about taking back your power from any situation that's holding you back, whether it be in a domestic violence, whether it be in an emotionally abusive situation, whether it's your boss, you know, just stealing all your thunder. You know, anything that you need to take back your power from, this is just a, a symbol of strength for you. I 
can't believe I'm still here Lying in the bed with my heart to the wall And my face can't touch with tears You said you wouldn't do it again But then you went and did it again Again, again Pain to try to ease my mind But it ain't working I'm hyperventilating from the way that you hurt And your love is hurting But one thing's for certain That I don't want to do this no more I can't keep trying, trying to make you see That I don't want to do this no more Love is dying and you can't be the one for me I don't want to do this no more Us no more, can't hurt no more So I don't want to do this no more No, no more What you mean it's over My heart keeps screaming and bleeding for my love for you I need to get over It's causing me to lose my mind You said that you were gonna change You seem to think that me you stay the same I'm doing all the games I gotta get sane, sane From the pain I'm trying to ease my mind Cause it ain't working I took a chance to stuck around But I'm still hurting Your love is hurting But I'm so certain I don't wanna do this no more I can't keep crying Trying to make you see the light
no more, no more. I can't do 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 no more, no more, no more, no more. Thank you. Be free on WMSC's local live, and uh, we've had a kind of a flurry of audience questions here. I think we should get to some of these. Uh, if or when you get writer's block, how do you shake yourself out of it? Hmm. Um, if and when I get writer's block, which is more often than people would like to probably admit, I leave it alone. Uh, I like to, because I have some songs that I write that I just want to get through it, but those turn out to be kind of fluff, which are fine to have in your, you know, Rolodex of songs in case you ever get like a publishing deal, you want to write for a pop artist or something. But um, there are songs on my album <clears throat> that I took me years to finish. I started The One You Love when I was 17 years old. So that was, that was when I was really listening to the Beautifully Human album from Jill Scott and stuff. And it was, it was a complete piece, but once I started revisiting it, uh, and I had this new perspective of life 10 years later, you know, like I really was able to bulk it up and beef it up and whatever didn't work, I can add this here. So I, I, love, I could tell people, you can't rush art. You know, I, I'd rather take time putting something out that's quality rather than worrying about the fact that it's been such a long period of time between my last release. Because if anything, you'd be able to say that the few things that I do have out were truly genuine. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> okay, this comes from an audience member who is a fan of The Voice. She says, I love The Voice. And she wants to know, if four chairs turned around for you, who would you choose? Blake, Alicia, Miley, or Adam? <laughs> it's so funny that you say that. Alicia Keys. When I first started becoming, like, because I've been singing, like, whatever, my whole life. I used to play with my dolls. And I made, like, a little group out of my dolls. They were called SKV. <laughs> it was, like, SWV, but my doll's name was Katie, so I named her SKV. It was my Cabbage Patch Kid. My, uh, anyway. So, um... <laughs> But when I first really got into like, oh, this is what I want to do with my life. Like I was 12, 13 years old. This was around the time that songs in A minor came out. And I was like, who is this girl, this wonderful black girl on TV playing piano with these braids and just, I keep them falling. And I was like, oh my God. And I wanted to be Alicia Keys. Like, <laughs> I did all her songs in my talent shows. Like I was in there playing. I even they even made me play during the eighth grade graduation, like a little Alicia Keys song. It had nothing to do with anything. But that's how much I wanted to be Alicia Keys. And she gets kind of a bad rap now because she's all like, oh, man stealer, quote unquote. But she will always be credited to me as one of my initial inspirations for the the seriousness of what I started doing with my Be Free stuff. So I would definitely pick her. I had to give Aaron that question because I don't watch The Voice, so I had no idea what those references were. Okay, so this is another audience question. Um, given the many influences in your music, as well as like the diverse group of musicians on stage, uh, having bridged musical styles, do you feel your music can bridge Milwaukee culture boundaries? 
Um, it's my actual intent to have one big collective event with people from all different areas and sects of the city. Whether because we have, I'm being that I live on the north side, but I also spent time in high school living on the south side. I spent time living in Cudahy. I spent time living in Hampton. So I, I feel like I've kind of traversed around the different areas of Milwaukee, and I've seen how segregated it is, and it's ridiculous, musically segregated. And I like the fact that I bring people with me. You know, like I bring people from my side of town, like come to this show, like see what's going on. There have been people like, I had no idea that all this was going on on the east side. And then vice versa, I'll have people come to the north side of an event that's going on. And it's, I really do hope that if anything, I can be one of the many martyrs that can help bridge all of these mini gaps in this one big musical collective of talent that we have here. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. I have a similar question. Um, you know, there's a lot of, right now, there's a lot of really strong female soul R&B and hip-hop voices in Milwaukee. You know, and right now we got Cree Miles and Abby Jean, Siren and Zed Kenzo, Chikara, Blue. Um, do you guys like, all plan to band together or do you band together in any particular way to inspire each other's solo projects? Um, we all have, they walk, well, we've crossed different paths and different capacities, like I've done quite a bit of performing with Cree, uh, especially last year, me and my friend Daylin, we just got done doing FemFest last year with her. Um, I hang out a lot with Zed, uh, and I, <laughs> Abby was also a member of Foreign Goods with us, so definitely had a lot of opportunities to feed off of each other musically. Um, if anything, I think that we all just serve as an inspiration to one another that the women are out here doing it for themselves. Because each one of those women that you've named all in some capacity write for themselves or produce for themselves or perform and do everything themselves, which is what I'm always trying to represent in what I do because it's such a male-saturated, dominated area of music that it's important to have those strong female presences. So if anything, I like to think that we all just kind of lift each other up. Seems like it's happening, so <laughs> good. Good job so far. For sure. Um, and then uh, I know that uh, you had a special release show in Chicago also mm -hmm. for the album in addition to the Milwaukee show. Um, yeah. Do you have a connection with a lot of people in Chicago? Do you have a big fan base there or family or anything? Well, or? I was born in Chicago. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, I didn't move to Milwaukee until I was 11 years old. So everybody on my mom and dad's side still live there. So that's my main fan base. <laughs> you know, my family, they tell her, my grandmother especially. Oh, my gosh. She came to the album release party. My grandma. I was like, oh, yeah, baby. So... <laughs> Um, and then when I went to grad school, I moved back to Chicago for a couple of years. And that is when I really started honing in on like my production and stuff. That's where I got a lot of connections with friends I went to high school with. They were going to Columbia or whatever. And I do feel like, if anything, the few connections that I made in that sense have kind of held strong and are helping me to keep the little bit of fan base I have there afloat. So me going back there was a way of kind of helping nurturing that. Like I know that I have friends here that I went to school with, that I have family in, and I just wanted them to all kind of have a, a chance to experience all the different things that I do here in the, where, the city where I live, so. Cool. Oh yeah, and Terrell Johnson, sorry. The person who I shot the No More video, it was a beautiful loft in Chicago. And I, I sent him the album, because you know, 
he got yeah he was like I want to hear the album so I sent it to him ahead of everybody he was like dog you gotta do a release show here and I was like well I don't have the resources for that he was like so I'll do it do it here he he did he put the whole thing on for us he hosted us got the the debauchery the, the wine and the the snacks and we did like a whole little mini performance with Quentin and I we showed the video it was it was really really dope so I'm definitely thankful for the small connections I made in that sense as well. Um, one more audience question, then we'll do a final song. Someone wants to know more about your theater background and how that's impacted your music. <laughs> Why are you saying? <laughs> no, because he knows that I'm very theatrical in everything I do already. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, no. So uh, I do consider myself a thespian of sorts. Uh, <laughs> Well, my, my strongest exposure to theater came from the Majeska Youth Theater Company, actually, when I was in high school. Shout out to Majeska kids. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I got a chance to be in The Wiz, and I love that movie already. And it was definitely a realistic experience for me as far as exposure to the ups and downs of being casted and re daily rehearsals and choreography and singing. And even they made me her understand. It was, it was still a great learning experience, which led to more experiences and more roles. And I just always knew that that was definitely going to be something that I wanted to continue in my life. So I did plays in high, I went to the High School of the Arts. So, yeah. <laughs> I did plays there. You know, I was also in opera workshop when I was an undergrad. So it definitely instilled something in me that I wanted to kind of carry on forever. I'm hoping to get more into that now that I've kind of reached my grounding with my voice and I know what's going on and how to work around it. That's definitely my next goal is to work myself back into the theater world. Do some musicals? Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, let's turn it back to you guys. You have one more, one more song. You have uh, any intro for this one for the audience? Um, this song is an oldie but a goodie, I like to call it. This one is from my first album that I released that I mentioned in 2012. It's called Old, oh, that's a new one. <laughs> it's called Open Mic, Open Heart. And this song is the song that I wrote about not liking my job. And I'm sure there are some people out there that can probably relate to that in one way or another because we all do things that we have to do instead of things we want to do, especially when you're putting that above your passion. So yeah, it's just a song that I wrote when I was working in State Fair, and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> so yeah, it's called Nine to Five. Can you come up? So, if anybody follows my career or just anything that I've done, you know that there's also a remix version to this song, which I had to invite my fellow brethren up here for. His name is Classic, if anybody knows him. He's also in the Foreign Goods Band with us up here. And he has this really dope verse that we laid over it. I'm gonna let him give y'all a taste of that. All right, all right. No, right now, we going up to the top floor like, yo, what's up? F your exec, your boss, and your mind, so it's your thoughts. 
your loss If you off this way, we riding now Cause nowadays we climbing out of them dark ages With them dark shades, just came to the LA To the double S, out to the K Then they say yes, yes, me and B free in the league Of the best, like the hits of the Let you leave that stress on that doormat Wipe your feet off good, and that Forbes map Is what we all should be following in this sun But we can't make it on this income I, I can't, can't work no nine to five I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired Tired of struggling to survive Haunt that same old nine to five I can't work no nine to five I can't work no nine to five I'm sick of striving just to stay alive My happiness means so much more That's all I'm living for Can't work no nine to five I can't work no nine to five too long for so little, too hard with nothing to show. You try to make a living, so you gotta see it through. But it's killing me, I don't know what I'm gonna do. This world is so full of materialistic woes. Yeah, you pay the bill, tell me who's gonna pay them for yourself. Gotta stay true to myself, but I'm gonna need some help. Cause I can't work no nine to five, nine to five I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired Tired of struggling to survive All the same on nine to five I can't work no nine to five I can't work no nine to five I'm sick of striving just to stay alive My happiness means so much more That's all I'm living for Much more life you live in Or maybe Does it matter more that you live in your life And you're free to strive And you're trying to do the best that you can At all times Can anybody Tell me what's the real reason that I I can't live out my dreams Instead of worrying about a dime They say it's not enough to keep me right But still I've got to try Cause I can't wait no I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired All the same old nine to five I can't work no nine I can't work no nine to five I'm sick of striving just to stay alive My happiness means so much more That's all I'm living for Can't work no nine I can't work no Let me break it on down to me Too many people worrying Too many people Sad. Too many people stressing You're gonna do the math Life minus love Equals all of the above I just wanna live on That's all I dream of Yeah Sick and tired of being sick and tired I'm tired of struggling to survive I'm the same old nine to five I can't wait no nine I can't wait no nine I'm sick of trying to stay alive Hey, 
two weeks notice ever written. Give it a one more time for Classic, everybody. They're calling for encores. Well, lucky for you, there's going to be more music after the on-air program here, but uh, that's going to wrap it up just about for the, uh, the on-air portion. Thanks so much for performing for us. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Thank you all. Um, can you tell people real quick where they can find your music? I'm sorry, one more time. Can you tell people real quick where they can find your music? Uh, you can find my current album on all digital outlets, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon.com. It's called Old to a Love Affair, but if you're looking for a hub for all of that, just visit my website, which is BeFree2Music.com. It's the number two. Same as all my Twitter and Instagram handles, www.BeFree2Music.com. All right. And uh, do you have any shows coming up you want to tell people about? Um, I myself am going to be performing at the Pentastic Open Mic on November 22nd. I'm also going to be doing the Bonk Performance Series in Racine on November 19th. So definitely make sure you follow my Facebook page, B-Free, if you want to keep up to date with all of my upcoming performances. Wonderful. All right. So stay tuned. Midnight Radio is coming up next. We want to say that tonight's edition of Local Live on WMSC is supported by a donation from the Hi-Hat Garage. Located on Arlington and Brady on Milwaukee's east side, the Hi-Hat High-Octane Hour is Monday through Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. with an appetizer buffet. More info at hi-hat on brady.com. And Local Live is a production of WMSE Radio, broadcast tonight from Club Garibaldi, 2501 South Superior Street in Bayview. Local Live is produced by Aaron Wolf and Cal Roach and is engineered by Billy Cicerelli and Club Garibaldi. Thanks to our live studio audience for participating tonight. For upcoming guests and archives of past Local Live performances, visit WMSE.org. And tune in again next Tuesday at 6 p.m. for another edition of Local Live with Luxie. Stay tuned for Midnight Radio. We'll see you next week.